Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Don't look now, are the Lakers starting to build a little momentum? They blow out the Mavericks on Wednesday. That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts, always free, never behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with over 22,000 subscribers to the channel, all of whom are starting to perhaps just maybe get that those first tingles of optimism, Andy, since the uh, since the play, uh, the not the play in tournament, the uh, in season tournament, too many tournaments uh, as the Lakers just wallop Dallas uh, with a strong second half, 127-110. The final score at the Crypt, uh, an early Wednesday start that maybe the Lakers should just replicate for the rest of the season. Uh, apparently suits them well. Um, lots to talk about on the show for today. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt continues to round into form. D'Angelo Russell seems to have recaptured uh, the the great early season form that he had, uh, plenty to get into. Anthony Davis continuing to dominate, but I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Don't look now, Andy. Uh, the Lakers three out of their last four wins have come over the Clippers, Thunder, and Mavericks. That is not a bad little run. Yeah, that's something we've actually talked about before. That is made this team frustrating at times. I mean, there are frankly many reasons they can be <laughs> frustrating, but one of them is we've seen them play well against good teams enough times that you go, what the F, man? Like, what? what is keeping this from being a regular thing? And there are decisions that have gone into, like, the rotation and the lineups that, you know, fall on Darvin Ham. We've talked about before overthinking some of these decisions or perhaps not knowing exactly what he wants to look for. But at the same time, it is often the Lakers getting in their own way. Like th this was a night, by the way, that Luka Doncic did return. Um, he had been questionable heading into this game. But as is often the case, opponents around the league tend to get healthy um, in a night against the Lakers, particularly on national TV. And Luka had a strong night, but he had to work for a lot of what he got. And in the meantime, the Lakers did a great job shutting down Kyrie Irving. They did a great job shutting down Tim Hardaway Jr. They did a great job, I thought, just getting Dallas's defense, I mean, getting Dallas's offense, well, their defense too, because the Lakers scored a lot, but their offense discombobulated. They got, they managed to induce two over and back violations in this game. It's rare that you see one, yeah. much less two. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's funny, like, you know, and by the way, Department of uh, Corrections and Retractions, Lakers have won four out of their last six and three of those. The other, the the, the Toronto win actually came after the Clipper win, but um, still, you know, even the Toronto win is not a bad one, uh, given how well they've played um, in the wake of that first trade. And we'll see how they do without Siakam. Maybe they'll make him even better. Who knows? Um but yeah, like you know, the the Lakers went with the the starting lineup, the same starting lineup they did against Oklahoma City. 
Um, but it had some kind of tweaks and modifications in terms of the rotation when you when you look through the whole game. More minutes for Jared Vanderbilt, fewer minutes for Torian Prince, um, which which we want to get to. But you you know what stuck out to me is like the Lakers actually dominated the points off turnovers battle. Like that's unusual, <laughs> you know. You know the the Lakers weren't not only weren't giving the ball away, they were actually capitalizing, Andy. 20 to eight on uh, mistakes and forced turnovers by the Mavericks. But here's the thing though. They are related because part of, you know, I've hit on this point a lot. There are individual elements that have hurt the Lakers in terms of being able to score, you know, shot making, outside shooting, stuff like that. But a big reason that they don't shoot, I mean, that they don't score a lot is they don't shoot enough. Like just they don't put up enough shots in part because they're always turning the ball over. And you you talked about getting points off turnovers. That often comes in uh, attempts in transition. The Lakers, a team that looks to run as much as they can, they're one of the league leaders in transition attempts. They're not even particularly good in transition in part because they lead the league in transition turnovers, or at least they did heading into this game. The fact that they didn't turn the ball over leads to them getting more points off another team's turnover because they're actually doing something with the turnover as opposed to just turning it over themselves. It's just giving it right back. Yeah, and look, I mean, it's it, the Lakers had 11 turnovers on the night to Dallas's 15. Again, turned that into 20, um, 20 points. Uh, fast break points, the Lakers dominated and, and that. Team. Really quick, one of the Lakers' turnovers came in garbage time, so it was really 10. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, to your point, Andy, 32 to 7 in terms of fast break points related to that, 62 to 46 in terms of points in the paint. Um, it was just this was a game where the Lakers, uh, with a very strong third quarter, just blew the game open and uh, they and they kept control of it. You know, the offense, which had been such a huge problem, you know, continues this this good run. Uh, they're over 53%, almost 54% from the field. Uh, a, a modest 28 three-pointers attempted, but a they made them at 43%. Um, they got the line 24 times. You know, it just and there's a little bit of hop there. Like, you know, you look at you know what Anthony Davis did, he goes back to um just the the MVP caliber numbers finishing short, just was an assist shy of a triple double, 28 points. 12 rebounds, nine assists. You get 25 points from LeBron, 29 from D'Angelo Russell, who I know you want to focus on as the show goes on. But you see all this together, Andy, especially like with Anthony Davis dominating the way he does. There's a little bit of hop, um, and a little bit of that optimism you know, from them. It feels like they start to feel a little mojo coming back, and it's not such a grind. It's not such a, a death march to try to get a couple points here and there. Well, we, yeah, I mean, it It was interesting. Anthony Davis was asked after the game if, you know, the, the team is 11 and four at, if they lead after the first quarter. And he was asked if that, you know, that number and the offensive output that we saw in this game would, I guess, justify or even necessitate the idea of keeping this much more offensively oriented starting lineup. And he was very diplomatic. He took a pause and then smiled and said, you know, by the numbers, yes. 
um, which I think was AD politely saying, yeah, I, I would keep this lineup. But at the same time, though, and, and look, for what it's worth, even with this lineup, I would still sub out Vando for Torian Prince. I mean, mm -hmm. if, if I had a vote, I would start, I would keep playing Prince. I'd play him off the bench, but I would start Vando. Just because, yeah, well, we can talk about that. We did, you know, both right. in today's show and, and tomorrow's, but, but what, it, but what AD did note, and I think this is very true, it is really important that the Lakers just get off to good starts, mm -hmm. period, no matter who is playing. Because as you may recall, this was the original starting lineup to begin the year, and it wasn't very good <laughs> because they weren't playing as well. Like it is, it's just important that they get off to good starts. Regardless of who the first five is, that being said, who the first five is might influence some of those good starts. Yeah, and and, and they they won the first quarter the other night against Oklahoma City. I'm just kind of going backwards and looking at these things. I believe they won the first quarter in Utah. Uh, no, yeah, they did. 39-31, they won the first quarter in Utah. Um, they lost the game, but they did win mm -hmm. the first quarter. Um, Phoenix was the 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 big exception where they got you know kind of run out early. And had to try to catch up, and that was not a particularly good game. But you know, the 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 starts are getting better. They won the first quarter against Toronto. Uh, believe they won the first quarter against the Clippers as no, it was uh, twenty four nineteen. So that was one where they couldn't score. But you know, the Clippers didn't get out to some big lead um, because the Lakers weren't playing defense. So, and I feel like you know, yes. Uh, there is a lineup the Lakers could put out on the floor that it has a little more defensive integrity in it naturally um, just by swapping out Jared Vanderbilt for, for Torian Prince. But broadly speaking, they're, they've, they've done well enough um, over the last couple games. And I think, you know, the, the, with, with depending on what the rotation looks like between Prince and Vanderbilt, and maybe we'll get into this next, um, there is, I think, space to give the right guys the playing time that they need, um, but also allow the offense to breathe and build some momentum and and not consistently lose these first quarters. So let's get into that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and just watch the winnings roll in up to 25 times your money. And with basketball in full swing, you can pick combo projections across football, still going on with the playoffs, and basketball from the Specials League, created specifically for projections that have two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Can't do anything with Jason Kelsey, by the way. He's retiring. Great career. And with the Price Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games, NBA games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, doesn't return in the second, the player gets rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use that code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by LinkedIn. Uh, at the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success 
all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. So you post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's it. That's all you do. LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Um, let's, I, I find this, uh, this question, the lineup question and, and the rotation question to be a, a very interesting one, Andy, but it is, uh, always important to remind people that, uh, Anthony Davis is playing MVP caliber basketball. And if the Lakers weren't 21 and 21, he would be right in the middle of the MVP chase. I, re- uh, remember, uh, I said in the last segment, 28 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists. This was a dominant game from Davis, um, again, on a night where the Lakers really need it, where they need him performing like a superstar. and doing, He has been doing this night in and night out, and short of, I guess, the 30-10 and 10 streak that, that Embiid is putting up or something like that, you know, he is right there in terms of quality of play with anyone in the league. It just needs to be repeated. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing the scoring that we're expecting from AD. We're seeing the rebounding, the defense. The passing, though, has been uh-huh. really really something fun to watch lebron he talked afterwards about ad um passing out of double teams and said that he's been watching lebron you know doing this out of the post and everyone kind of laughed he's like no i'm being serious like he's been learning from me and this is one of those things where if ad regularly you know i i don't nobody expects him to become nikola Jokic. But if he starts regularly being able to become somebody that can make the right read and the right play out of double teams, you know, he's become, he's become very good in particular, I think, at finding guys when they're diving Mm -hmm. and cutting up the lane. But especially too, if he can start becoming, you know, semi reliable, just spraying the ball around a little bit out of these double teams, he becomes really really even more difficult to guard and in particular really difficult to double yeah and really difficult to double and the lakers become a very difficult team to double with the you know the the group that they have out there you know to start games um with, with you know the uh, the reeves russell <coughs> lebron torian prince anthony davis it is difficult to send doubles without feeling like you're gonna get punished and if davis can continue to do that, Andy. He makes it harder for teams to send that double, which means now you're cu- trying to cover Davis with one guy, which is also problematic based on how he's playing. So, um, you know, the the full skill set um, that he's able to show, I don't know if the Lakers are going to be able to climb high enough to get him really get him back in the MVP. Think about how high do you think they need to get just get him to the, the DPOI that he deserves. I mean, I was going to say back in the MVP race, he was never there. Never in it, and, right? And, and I and well, the reason I say that is because I think AD has to play 
even better than I think just the normal standards for getting yourself into the MVP conversation because he's just never been thought of that way. You know, he's never been thought of as the guy on a contending level team. You know, he's always either been on these Pelican teams that he could either carry them as far as they could or couldn't go, or he's been seen as the number two alongside LeBron. I think if you're paying attention to this team this year, you watch him game in and game out, he's clearly the most important player. He's clearly the best player. But that perception can take a while to shift. So I think it, I think he has to play above and beyond and the team has to rise for him to really become a serious part of the MVP conversation. Right. Defensive player of the year, if this team, I think, gets in the top four, I think AD will be right in the thick of it. I mean, what if they're like? I don't think they can get to the top four. That's and we don't have to we don't have to parse it there. But I'm just that's a question where like the MVP thing they have to be in the top four for him to even have a chance. But um, the 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 DPOI, I'm wondering if there's a little bit more wiggle room. Here's there. why. Here's why I don't think it'll happen because the guy that I think right now has the award most sewed up is Gobert. Legitimately, like Gobert's been terrific this season. Sure. And Minnesota has been terrific this season, and it is it's something of a of a redemption story for Gobert perception wise, even though I, he's won the award multiple times already. you know that that trade was, shall we say, not well received. I think unless the Lakers really rise up, assuming Minnesota stays where they are, I think for a multitude of reasons, it's pretty much Gobert's trophy to lose. Um, all right, so the Lakers seem to have, with Cam Reddish out for, I don't know, a few more games, it seems like. The Lakers said he's just going to miss some games. Um, the the Lakers seem to have settled into a rotation of the starting five that we were talking about in the last segment with Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt coming off the bench in the primary kind of top minutes getter roles off the bench, and then Christian Wood and Max Christie in that, I, you would say probably the the eight and nine spots. Mm-hmm. So playing a nine man rotation with Max Christie getting that sort of ninth guy, you know, ten to fifteen minutes a night kind of deal. Um, this is, I think, the right mix of guys, you know, for whom for the Lakers have, and frankly, save Gabe Vincent, the uh, the, the mix that we all expected at the beginning of the season. Um, and I think we're looking at, relatively speaking, the amount of minutes that each of these guys is probably going to get, you know, ideally you have LeBron playing 30, it was garbage time, obviously in this game, but, um, you know, LeBron around 30 to 35 minutes, Anthony Davis around 35 or something like that. You know, D'Lo played 36, but they probably on another night would want that around, you know, 30 to 35, 30, you know, and so on. The flex point here is that Prince Hachimura Vanderbilt allotment and how that gets arranged. The amount of minutes that Torian Prince Andy plays freaks people out. <laughs> they don't like it. And the amount that Vanderbilt doesn't play tends to freak people out, and they don't like it. On Wednesday, that was a little bit flipped around. Like Vanderbilt got 26 minutes, Torian Prince got 21. Um, it was interesting to see how Vanderbilt was deployed against that Luca. Um, Irving uh, combo that they have in Dallas. Yeah, I, like 
Vanderbilt was terrific. He, mm -hmm. he, you know, Luca got his because Luca is one of the best players in the league. But particularly with Vanderbilt guarding him, I don't think Luca got a lot that was easy. Mm -hmm. um, Luca had a frankly much easier time, particularly in the first half when Torian was guarding him. I mean, frankly, Torian in the first half was terrible. He, he had was. a very he much better a, second half. But yeah, he had a much better second half. He got into foul trouble. He picked up his fourth foul and had to sit. And it, it should be made. It should be made clear. He was playing well in the third quarter when he got that fourth foul. He actually mm -hmm. been playing extremely well. Like he was a big reason the Lakers started to blow the game open in the third quarter. I just want to make sure that credit is clear. But then the game really started getting out of hand and. It's difficult to say whether or not, you know, under normal circumstances, if the game had been tighter, if Prince would have gotten back into the game down the stretch mm -hmm. the way he typically does or not, there was no need to put him back. Right. In. Or if in a closer game, Jared Vanderbilt would have taken some of those minutes too. But it was it was interesting. Let's talk about this after the break because it was interesting to me how they used Vando defensively because you talked about Torian Prince getting torched. Um, and and Luca getting his in a lot, of, and it was absolutely true, particularly early. Um, some of that was, you know, Vanderbilt spent a lot of time on Kyrie, and the game plan there and the logic there, I think, was pretty interesting. I'm curious your feelings about it, and then how you think Darwin is going to balance Vanderbilt versus um. Torian and then Rui in there too. And then we should definitely talk about D'Lo before we're done. All that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Game Time. And when I was about 12, 13 years old, the police were on the synchronicity tour. Really, really hot ticket. And I could not get seats. But at the time, I thought, you know what? No big deal. I'll just catch the next police tour. And they broke up after the synchronicity tour. And I learned in that moment, if there's ever a concert I want to see, Carpe DM, do not miss out. And that's why I love game time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy shows, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop getting stressed over the tickets, start getting hyped for the fun. Game time guarantee. That means you get the best price. Always, if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress using. Game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NBA for twenty bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So it, I, I think the logic of putting Vanderbilt on on Irving made a lot of sense because ultimately. Luca can kind of get rolling against anybody, but in the, what makes him so dangerous is his ability not only to put up 35 in any given night or 40, but also get somebody else 15 and get somebody else 18. And you know, Kyrie gets with his 26 or whatever. And I thought by putting Vanderbilt on Kyrie, they really made his life difficult, made it difficult for him to get the ball um, and do anything with it. And then you're just like, okay, Luca, if Luca scores 60 tonight, we're going to lose. And if he doesn't, we're going to win. Uh, I like using Vanderbilt that way, where it's not even his ability on, you know, directly on the ball against the top offensive threat, but shutting down other aspects of a team's 
defense or team's offense um, in, in ways that he can't. Yeah, I mean, look, Ty- uh, Luca still had ten assists in this game. You know, he he yeah. Luca played really well. Um, again, I just thought, particularly when Vando was guarding him, and as the game just went along in general, it became harder for Luca to get some of what he wanted. But Kyrie is also a guy that, at the top of his game, can get a lot of his and get a lot for other people. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job shutting that off. And then you combine the fact that Tim Hardaway Jr. had twelve points on seventeen shots and missed all seven of his threes, that's a really good recipe for beating the Mavericks. And on top of it, again, they just got the Mavericks defense, or excuse me, they got the Mavericks offense through their defense disjointed a lot. And the Mavericks also at times just looked out of sorts in this game, period. Like there was, in the first half, there were like three different attempts to get Derek Lively the second a lob that for whatever reason they it's couldn't weird. figure it out like they managed to blow essentially like a two on nothing fast break to Lively that somehow Dallas they- was really so look the Lakers similar to how they benefited the other night against Oklahoma City where Oklahoma City missed a lot of shots there's no question Dallas missed a lot of shots but if you go through most you know 17 point wins in the nba the other team missed a lot of shots well um sure i mean the lakers also missed some shots that they could make so they right no, i'm saying but like you know they, they you know you're talking about like you know expected makes and all this and open open threes and all that kind of stuff and that's you know people can latch onto that if they want but the you know it the lakers defensively both against oklahoma city and in this game, did some good work. Yeah, and I think when th- that offensively, you know, oriented starting lineup has to do certain things in terms of switching up coverages, getting into passing lanes. D'Angelo De- Russell, um, who we may not have enough time to get into in like real detail, we'll do it tomorrow for tomorrow's show because he is really critical for what they're doing going forward. Assuming he's still on the team, um, you know making smart decisions about when to get in the passing lane and when to uh, try to trap someone, when they switch up to zone, stuff like that. Those are going to be really important with that starting lineup so that they do have the defensive integrity that they need. And then, you know, you use Vanderbilt accordingly. Like, I don't, I, I would, I'm with you. I don't, I'm happy if they they go back to that starting lineup from last year, but I don't necessarily mind if they don't the way that Vanderbilt is playing, I feel like if Darwin can deploy him in, you know, the 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 most advantageous situations, there'll be some nights where he plays a little bit more and Torian plays less, you know, knock on wood, and other nights where it's different, you know, depending on the matchups and, and what they need. Um, I, I Vanderbilt's rounding into form in a way that makes him more playable, and I think that will help him get more minutes. Yeah, LeBron and AD both talked after the game about how Vando looks just physically more comfortable right now. Like, Mm -hmm. beyond in rhythm on the court, he just looks more comfortable. LeBron said, like, look, the type of stuff that we ask Vando to do, having to do that with a bad heel basically makes it impossible. And, you know, Darvin talked about how Vando is just in better – He's in better conditioning right now. He's just, he, he's, and Vando confirmed this afterwards. Um, you know, th- there's a difference between decisions that are 
not what I would do versus, you know, or in my opinion, versus in my opinion, they are indefensible. As I've said on a few occasions with this backcourt, I would start Vanderbilt because I think a lot of the shooting that you get from Dorian Prince, you now get from D'Lo and Reeves, and you get the most defensive versatility by putting Vanderbilt in there. I think you get the most utility by starting him out against team's best you know, offensive guard or wing or just being able to configure different things. But I also think you can justify starting Prince, even if, again, it is not what I would do. Mm-hmm. Playing Torian Prince 31 minutes a night, though, is, if not flat out indefensible, it's borderline indefensible because that's something that I don't think has been necessary this year. And frankly, I don't think really helps Torian. Like, I don't think Torian Prince is a 31 uh Sometimes more. <laughs> there have been right. games you where he plays 35, 36, 38. Right. And, and even with some guys that have been missing, you know, maybe not on every single night where Torian's logged big minutes, but there have been enough nights where it's like, it's not necessary, and I'm not sure how much the team benefits. And I have wanted to see Jared Vanderbilt, like tonight, play in the mid-20s. I think that is the right amount for Jared Vanderbilt, particularly with some of the other stuff that, frankly, you need to cover for either defensively or with rebounding on this team. He had nine rebounds in this game yep. in 26 minutes. Like, he's one of their best rebounders. And, like, he gets talked about as an energy guy, which he is. But And I think that energy is infectious. But he's more skilled than just an energy guy in terms of some of the stuff that he does out there. Like they it need depends, Yeah, it depends skill. on which skills you're talking about. Defensively, you know, they... Damn defensively, right. I, I think defensively, I don't think a lot of people question you know what he's capable of defensively. Um, you know, obviously the offense is not good. <laughs> I mean, he's. I think you know it wasn't good last year when he kept getting played off the floor, and I think actually he's regressed offensively this year. But to your point about, I don't know, the last several you know, games, I think he's been useful offense. It's funny if you look at a lot of the advanced numbers, his offensive rating is really no worse than a lot of guys who aren't offensive specialists on this. Right. Like, for it's, example, it's, his, his offensive rating is basically Torian Prince's. It's not having – he, you, you want to make sure you put him out there, the the, the balance of, of where you're maximizing his defensive impact, where you're minimizing the negative impact that he can have on the offense. And, you know, to your point about Torian's minutes, you could argue – I guess if you want, I think Darwin would probably say this, that look, I mean, he's been one of the guys that I can play 30 to 35 minutes a game because he's reliably healthy. He provide he sort of serves as that sort of swing versatility as, you know, has that sort of swing versatility as a defender. Even if he's not a lockdown guy, you can still do things with him. Um, but I've also not had you know a healthy Rui Hachimura. I have not sure. had a healthy Jared Vanderbilt and all that stuff. Well, now you do. Okay. Now you do have a healthy Rui Hachimura. Who then I will amend today. I will. And you amend, have a healthy Vanderbilt. I will amend my previous statement. It is now indefensible Correct. to play him thirty-one minutes a night. And it so is if now if he averages. 30 to 35 a night going forward when you have the other guys available, now I think you can really start to grumble about it. Um, to this point, it's made more sense. Um, 
I don't, and I'm not talking about like there'll be games. Like, could there be games where it makes it's like reasonable for Torian and playing well, play 32? Fine, but that's going to be balanced on another night where he plays 23. And sure, it's it, it will be. I, I'm really interested because I think all three of those guys, Vanderbilt, Hachimura, and Prince settle into somewhere on any given night what should average out to 20 to 25 minutes a night um and that could allow darvin and the staff to get the most out of all of them and that could make a really big difference for the lakers in the second half i mean we'll talk about that or at least i want to maybe get into this for friday's show the nine guys that we're seeing right now to me these are the nine guys that should be playing moving forward. Apologies to Cam Reddish because it sucks to at least to some degree lose your spot because of injury. But they they have looked better in this period. It's not all because Cam Reddish isn't playing, but the point being they have looked as good as they have in a long time would not mess with what's going on right now. I wouldn't either. <laughs> um, it's just he's not a good enough player to justify. You talk about Vanderbilt's impact on the offense. It's still much more positive because he doesn't do goofy stuff like like Reddish tends to. Um, also worth noting, as the Lakers get back to 21 and 21, um, the next two games they play are Brooklyn and Portland. And if you look at the schedule, while it does now send them out onto the road at the end of the month, um, it's a Houston team that's starting to struggle. They see, you know, they've, they've got some games on this upcoming road trip that are winnable. They got some tough games as well, but and, some opportunities. And looking ahead, they game the game in the standings by beating Dallas, just, and they all matter. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, plenty of stuff to look forward to. We'll break down the schedule a little bit. Um, you know, Golden State, Atlanta, some some not so great teams coming up. Uh, another one against Charlotte early in the month, and uh, we'll do that. But we have to talk about D'Angelo Russell on Friday's show. He was outstanding um, on Wednesday night against the Mavericks, and you know his return to form has been a really big deal for the Lakers and uh, something they need to continue. We'll break it down on Friday, Locked on Lakers on YouTube. So we can go to see the show, watch the magic happen, and more importantly, hang out with over 22,000 subscribers, leave questions, leave comments. We read the stuff every day to get a feel for what you guys are talking about and the things that you want to talk about. You leave us questions, you leave us comments. We will try to use them on the show. Uh, we will see everybody on Friday.